The Nets are up 21 to 20 on the Phoenix Suns in Brooklyn. Kevin Durant back in Brooklyn. It is his debut. Zaslow, he did in fact get a video tribute. Oh, Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons come tonight. Amber on. and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. He That's got the NBA's one. participation trophy. That's what it is. It's a the, participation the video tribute? trophy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, what yeah. are they? Like, what is the, a tribute? Like, what is? What are we tributing? Because he didn't win anything there. I mean, KD, we've never had a more stressful, drama-filled three years. Welcome back. Here's a video tribute. That's what it feels like. It's crazy. Thank you. Thank it's you crazy. for doing a whole lot of nothing except for causing us a lot of headaches while we paid you a lot of money over three years. Thank you for making multiple trade demands while under contract, and also demanding Kyrie Irving also be signed so he can take a blowtorch to the franchise. Thank you. Here's a video tribute. <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like. Like, I have no problem with a video tribute in Golden State for Kevin Durant. For three years. Even maybe I mean, Oklahoma City. But you cannot do a video 100%. tribute in Brooklyn when he was there for a cup of coffee, and it was a weak-tasting coffee, Zaslo. That didn't accomplish anything and didn't actually wake you up after you drank it. It was a turd coffee. It was an awful experience. It was constant. For the Nets fan, it was constant look over the shoulder. When is this bomb going to explode? Like, it was, it was a terrible tenure in Brooklyn. They torpedoed the franchise, those guys. I, I, I just wonder when it became a thing in the NBA. It used to be where... Okay, if you have a great player and and your team wins a championship and then he comes back and you got the video tribute and everyone's clapping and maybe the player even cries a little bit and he waves the crown. It's a really heartfelt, really nice moment. Now, a guy appeared in 15 games for your team the next time he's back in the building. Here's a video tribute in between the, the first time out of the game and the game getting started again. I mean, like, when did that start? Why does everybody need a video tribute? I don't get it. Is it only the biggest names? Like, is Kyrie getting a video tribute in Brooklyn? Does James Harden get a video tribute be insane. in Brooklyn? It be feels insane. insane that KD did to me. I, but if you did it for him, don't you have to do it for those guys? What's the situation by the way, Amber, here? By, by the way, Kevin Durant said that he didn't want one. Kevin Durant right. tweeted the other day, like someone said something facetious about Kevin Durant in a video tribute, and Durant responded to it because you know every few minutes, like his brain says to him, hey, check Twitter. And then he goes <laughs> on Twitter, and he finds that someone said a, something about a video tribute, and he responded with, I agree. Like he, he didn't want them to do a tribute because a video tribute for those past three years of Kevin Durant in Brooklyn is insane. It is insane. Uh, he got one anyways. Maybe that's why they did it. Maybe because he said he didn't want to, like a little reverse. Oh, they want to make him mad? Yeah, they were trying to anger him. He's like, Let me ask you this. So Let me ask you this. We're going to stick it to you. We're going to give you a video tribute, KD. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If a player's tenure, with which came with massive expectations, if a player's tenure with a franchise was a massive disappointment, should they get a video tribute? No. Okay. No. Because there's no other way to sum up Kevin Durant's okay. stay in Brooklyn. Okay, here's, here's, here's what I think I would push back on a little bit. Does Damian Lillard get a oh, video tribute Oh, that's not remotely the same thing. He will get a video tribute tonight. He should, and it's going to be a really still, nice moment. Right, but it was still it didn't actually amount to anything in terms Doesn't of Doesn't matter. He was a pillar of the community there. 
So that's the difference. So I would say a, yeah. the exceptions, it's kind of like the KD and, and OKC comparison if we're talking Kevin Durant, right? I don't have a problem with it if it's that sort of thing. A player that was somewhere for a very long time, there mm-hmm. was still some winning done, but there wasn't actually rings necessarily. Or even if Great there wasn't representative like a ton of, of the city. Right. Even if there wasn't like a ton of winning done, but he was your superstar. He was the yep. face of your franchise for so many years. He was the only reason for some semblance Arguably of Arguably the greatest so player in franchise history. Yeah. Arguably. Then you Arguably. give him the video tribute, even if the rings aren't attached to the video mm-hmm. tribute. So That's I don't right. think it's always that you have to have won rings with a franchise. But in That's this fair. scenario, I don't feel like any of the criteria is met. The rings aren't there. The longevity isn't there. He's not homegrown. There's nothing that really tied him to Brooklyn. It just never felt like from day one, it felt like a headache and a lot of drama. He was backing his guys that maybe he shouldn't have been backing, bringing in or getting on board with bringing in guys that maybe he shouldn't have been on board bringing in. It just felt like a mess of a situation there in Brooklyn and not one that the Nets would want to remember fondly that era. And maybe not one that we want to tribute if we don't want to remember it fondly. So it seems like a strange move. Your entire tenure here was a disaster. The general manager probably had an ulcer every other week. Here's a video tribute. (laughs) That's literally what just happened in Brooklyn. So Kevin Durant, he gets his video tribute as now that game is tied between the Suns and the Nets uh, at the end of the first. Uh, Heat are actually winning a game, Sasso, so I'm going to mention it here. I'm watching. 85 to 78 right now over the Kings. Yo, take it easy. Simmer down the Clippers, over there. Simmer the Clippers, down. That's Nick Cardi on the board tonight. Uh, Clippers uh, are up 120 to 96 over the Wizards, Mavs, and Timberwolves. Timberwolves leading the way 46 to 44. We'll continue to keep you updated on NBA action tonight as we roll along here on Amber and Ian with Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. In Seattle, in the NFL, there is a new head man at the helm. His name is Mike. It's not Mike Vrabel. It's not Bill Belichick. It is Mike McDonald, though. He was the D.C. for the Baltimore Ravens. He is now the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. They have moved on from the oldest coach in the league in Pete Carroll. They have now hired the youngest coach in the league, Zaslow, 36 years old, Mike McDonald. Yeah, and I think when you knew that, I think when they moved on from Pete Carroll, which was a shock, right? I think when they moved on from Pete Carroll, it signaled, okay, we're going to go not necessarily in a completely opposite direction, but we're clearly rebuilding. And that doesn't mean that we're starting from scratch and we're going to be terrible next year. No, because there's no reason for them to be terrible next year. They just won nine games this year. And they're actually, ever since Pete Carroll got there, they've really established themselves as a top-notch organization. So when I say rebuild, it just means Listen, we have a long-term plan here, and Pete's 72 years old. And by the way, mm-hmm. he's still going to be in the organization. He's right. still there. There's, he's still going to be checking in. They're still going to be able to talk to him. He's still going like to be able to— you like that if you're Mike McDonald? Yeah, yeah, because I think Pete Carroll is the type of personality who— I, I think Pete will embrace that role. I, I think he—I I don't think there's going to be any jealousy— I think Pete Carroll likely understands this scenario. They they had a great tenure there. I mean, heck, Amber, they chose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson when it came down to it. Like, I think Pete Carroll's got a great relationship with the organization. Yeah, if if I'm if I'm Mike McDonald, I I, I I'm I'm very pleased that I have someone like Pete Carroll 
who I could talk to and get advice from. I think it's a big deal. I like it. It's just it's a little strange because we all know that Pete Carroll didn't want to step down as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. So now it's the dude whose job you took, who kind of still wanted that job, who's now there sort of looking over your shoulder. And of but course, he he's a left. Super Bowl winning coach. If he was really mad, though. Than you. But when he left, well, when he left? I agree with you. If the if the relationship with the organization had soured that much, absolutely, he would not be there as an advisor. But still, from McDonald's perspective, you kind of know that even if he has a good relationship with the organization, it still wasn't exactly the job that he wanted to give up. Rashad Jennings, former NFL running back, was on with us earlier here on Amber and Ian with Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian. And we asked him about Mike McDonald's age from a player perspective, 36 years old. How would that fare inside a locker room? I think Sean McVay proved that a young coach can come in and earn the respect of the team, and it depends on his approach. But I will say as a head coach, from a player standpoint, a head coach's main priority and main job actually isn't really particularly X's and O's. It really isn't. Now, if they have an asset with inside the arsenal to call particular X's and O's like some of the great coaches have over history and talking about Andy Reid, obviously X's and O's on the offensive side, Bill Belichick, X's and O's on the defensive side. But your real job, especially at the professional level, is to manage 53 personalities. Can you get 53 men coming from different cultures, backgrounds, and the way that the world spits so many languages at them to divide them? Can you hold that rope with them? That is the biggest challenge of any coach forever and always. And it's not just managing those 53 personalities on the 53-man roster. It's also all the coaches below you as well when you're a head coach. So it's basically like being the CEO of a company and you're just managing a ton of personalities as they're implementing the actual game plan sort of before you or below you, rather, the X's and O's. It's interesting for a 36-year-old also, though, a huge advantage in terms of being able to relate to players. So we'll see how it works out there in Seattle as the big news of today for my very own Adam Schefter was the Seattle Seahawks have hired Mike McDonald. He is the new head coach there at 36 years old. Coming up next year on Amber and Ian was Aslo filling in for Ian tonight. Damian Lillard returns to Portland tonight. He's making his debut there. Is he going to get a video tribute? I would imagine so. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. When the songs are this good coming in, though, it makes it hard to do a radio show because I just want to lay out and listen to Prince do his thing. What a All song. Time. 
What a All-time guy. Super Bowl performance as well. What a guy. That in the cool. rain, Amber. Doing Purple Rain in the rain. I know. What are the chances of that? It was amazing. Uh, Jonathan Taslow filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. Kevin Durant, he made his return tonight to Brooklyn. They gave him a video tribute. Zaslow and I think that's oh, absolutely insane. It's a vomit. Damian Lillard, he is making his return tonight to Portland. I imagine he's going to get a video tribute. That is not insane. Uh, that would be completely reasonable behavior by the Portland Trailblazers. That game tips off at 10 p.m. Eastern. Let's bring in some help from somebody with boots on the ground in Portland. Jamal Collier, ESPN NBA reporter, kind enough to give us some time. And Jamal, thanks for that. Uh, what's the feeling around Dame's return tonight? Uh, what's up, guys? I think just excitement, um, a much different vibe that I would assume is going on in Brooklyn. Uh, not only just a you know a video tribute. I've heard that there are multiple tributes <laughs> that are planned for me uh, tonight oh for Dave. You know, I think for him, you know, like just a sense of comfort being here. You know, he still lives here, still got a bunch of family here, and you can just kind of see, uh, you know, just the way he moves around this building, the way he, you know, still dapping up security guards and saying hello to the folks. Uh, as he goes throughout it, like, you know, this is his home, and it's been a place instead of pregame uh, that still is his home and still will still feel connected to. Probably something he said pretty interesting before the game is that, you know, he certainly said he still kind of envisions himself when it's, before it's all said and done retiring as a blazer. Uh, even if he said in the moment right now, he still wants to be focused on being the bus. Jamal, do we expect him to be emotional? He said he's not much of a crier. And, you know, didn't think that he would get, you know, emotional in that way, at least physically. Uh, I'm pretty curious. I mean, I, I think there's going to be a lot of love uh, here tonight. You know, CJ McCollum, when he came back for that first game, I remember that they, they had to stop the game for about 90 seconds, you know, to, to ovation for him. I mean, all due respect to CJ, Dame is just with the accomplishments and the shots that he's hit. Like, I feel like we could see a couple of minutes of just like an ovation uh, and, and just contributing, just sort of the outpouring of, of like giving, getting his flowers in real time. Um, I'm curious how he's going to handle that. But I know it's going to mean a lot to him. ESPN NBA reporter Jamal Collier on with us. So there will be emotions certainly running high. We know that. Now, will some of those emotions, Jamal, be regret? Do you think that there's any regret here from Damian Lillard? It's been a weird season so far for the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, the Bucks weren't his first choice anyways, but he did okay that trade. Doc Rivers is now the head coach there. That pairing of Giannis and Dame has had some growing pains. Do you feel like he misses Portland? You know, it's an interesting question. It's something that I've talked to him, you know, a little bit about this sort of the turmoil that, that he kind of maybe didn't envision really here coming into the, the way the season played out from Milwaukee. But, you know, one thing I think he said is that, like, actually this game could almost be a little bit of a reminder, right? Like, when you look at where the Blazers are, where Portland is in the standings, where the direction that team is going, things haven't been perfect in Milwaukee. But they still have the second best record in the East. They still are one of those five, you know, four or five teams that have a real championship uh, opportunity. And I think that that was the Ben Damon's message so far since coming back. It's like it was not personal. You know, you still have love for the organization and had a great time here. But certainly just a time for him to move on and chase the ring, chase the championship, uh, and, and add that part to his legacy. So I, I actually I think that he does not have any regrets. At least has not expressed any regrets. Uh, so far, yeah. it's kind of almost the opposite 
where he's like, this, this is why I did this, even if I still don't always have to put out things in my heart. Yeah, I guess 32 wins is pretty fun. You're right. Uh, Portland right now only has 14 of those. Jamal Collier, it sounds like you're very busy where you are. We're going to let you go because that game tips off in just about 40 minutes from now. But thanks so much, Jamal, for your time. No problem, guys. It'll be a fun one. It's, it's weird because Jamal's right. I mean, they, they've won 32 games or sitting at second well, in the East. I mean, it should be a hell of a season here for the Milwaukee Bucks, but you don't fire your coach after 43 or 48, whatever it was, uh, that if you are having a hell of a season, that's just the reality I think it's, of it. I think there's been a lot going on there, all right? The season started for him and Milwaukee with Terry Stotts, a voice that he knew leaving in training camp there was seemingly a, d- a discrepancy with him and the then head coach, first year head coach, Adrian Griffin. Also, with that said, Damian Lillard, when he wants to go to another team, does he want to go to another team to win a championship who has a first year head coach? That was probably a little bit of a shock. Then he has to deal with that coach being fired. And now in the middle of the season, he's got a new head coach. He's also dealing with being the number two guy for the first time in his career because Giannis is always going to be number one. He's in a new city. He's a guy who's got a family and apparently is also going through a divorce at the start of this season too. So oh, I forgot there's, about that. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot happening here in year number one, especially when he made such a big thing about wanting to go to Miami. So mm-hmm. it's there's a major adjustment here. And, and I do think it's interesting, though, what Jamal said, where rather than the opposite of, of him maybe feeling a little bit of regret back in Portland now, and I miss this, he, he made it sound like it would serve as a reminder that he made the right choice because Portland, it's struggle city for them, and they are not a good team. If I was getting a divorce, I'd rather be in Miami than Milwaukee, too. No offense, Milwaukee. Uh, however. I mean, come on. However. However, he is playing alongside Giannis. They are second right now in the standings in the East. If you were getting it's a divorce, would you rather be able to have a beach day or not a beach day? <laughs> there was also other reasons uh, that I made that comment, and I think oh. we both know what those other reasons are, particularly okay. if I am a gentleman and particularly if I am a famous rich gentleman who plays in the NBA. Living is pretty good down there uh, in Miami, Florida, but... It ain't all bad in Milwaukee, Wisconsin either, because the reality is that this is still one of the best teams in the NBA just by virtue of the two superstars that are on that team. Now, do I believe in Doc Rivers? Do I believe that this team is definitely going to make it through a postseason simply because Giannis and Dame are on that roster? Absolutely not. Am I sort of enjoying all of this as a Miami Heat fan (laughs) watching it? possibly not go according to plan for Milwaukee. It is amazing. It is well, I'm pretty. I'm pretty numb to it. Like, I don't really, really feel one way or the other about it. Like, Damian Lillard not, didn't do anything wrong. He, no, he and I'm not he, angry at Milwaukee either because yeah. shoots are shot, and they, they it worked out for them. But I, I, think, I guess there's still a part of me that feels a little happy about it because there's always that part of me that's like, well, would it have gone better for him in Miami, right? And then there's the Joe Cronin aspect of this and things that go oh, well guy. in Portland. I mean, this guy. And by the way, when you look at the trade offers overall, I'm not going to live in the past, but you can't say anymore that Milwaukee's trade offer was so much better than Miami's. Anyways, I digress. The point is, with Dame returning to Portland, there is no reason that that Portland fan base should do anything 
than thank Dame for his service. Oh, and no, he will it's get a big the standing deal. O tonight. It's a big deal. Those Portland yeah. fans have not had much to cheer for this season. And it's I'm all they got. They will take the opportunity here. Now, I, I know they have an MLS team, right? But, it, it, you know, they I, I believe they have an MLS team. But as far as the four major North American sports, this is the only one they got. Like, this Portland is about – it's a great basketball town. Portland is about the Blazers. And, yeah, he was such a big deal in that community for that franchise. Like I said, at worst, he's the third best player in the history of the franchise. It depends where you rank Clyde Drexler and Bill Walton. So at worst, he's number three, probably the most talented player in franchise history. So it's going to be it's going to be a special night for him. I do expect him to be emotional. I could see a, a, a little solo tear. Just come mm-hmm. right down his cheek. I could see that when they're playing the video tribute. I could see that. I could I could as well. I would imagine there will be an outpouring of emotion. The Portland Timbers, by the way. That's the MLS team. Yeah, see, I knew. The I'm Portland an MLS expert. I knew. Timbers. I don't know if you... Expert might be overstating it, since you didn't seem to know the answer to that question. You know, question. I'm an inaugural season ticket holder for Inter-Miami, okay? I, I've heard once or twice before. You certainly gave up those tickets hella fast when Messi came to town, and the whole thing got too yeah, expensive. Gotta make the money back. <laughs> Uh, but I would imagine it will be an emotional night tonight for Damian Lillard in Portland, emotional for the fans thanking him, but probably more emotional for the player who will have multiple video tributes throughout the game tonight. That game tips off 10 p.m. Eastern. Coming up, we will find out here on Amber and Ian what is a big deal and what is not a big deal next on ESPN Radio. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming. FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Greeny, we got all the answers, too. Here on Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. We've got answers, Mike Greenberg. Like, what is a big deal? What is not a big deal? We can answer those questions. Let's do it. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Amber and Ian? And James Steele. And tonight, Jonathan Zaslow. Um, so I'm first of all, first well. of all, I just want to reiterate, Justin Tucker is a bully. Uh, secondly, uh, let's start oh with the Chiefs. It's not even anyone in here who's booing Thank me. You. Um, I appreciate that. The NFL, uh, tweeted earlier today, a video to promote inside the NFL that's streaming on the CW app. Uh, it's a video of the locker room after the Chiefs beat the Ravens in the AFC championship game. Go Chiefs. And uh, it features a shirtless Patrick Mahomes. And uh, they tagged him in it. And Patrick Mahomes said, uh, uh, tweeted, yo, why do they have to do me like that? With laughing <laughs> emojis. And also, like, I got kids. So uh, I guess he is getting a little bit of dad bod shamed. And, uh, and, he, and he tweeted back at it. So Amber, big deal, not a big deal. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and his dad bod. He is getting a lot of dad bod accusations on the internet. And it's funny because he's a professional athlete. And Zazlo, I guess you can speak on this better than me. I feel like that these are the moments that are the everyman moments, right? Where the reason that these moments go viral 
is because it's that he's just like us epiphany a little bit, right? Because he's nothing like us. I mean, quite literally nothing. Like he's the top 1% of the 1% of the 1%. He's unbelievably rich. He's unbelievably successful. He's unbelievably famous. His houses are a billion times nicer than any of ours will ever be. Like he is, that man is living life in every conceivable way. So if you see that maybe... He's got a little dad bod at 28 years old. All of a sudden, it gives you a glimmer of hope that Patrick is a, and Mahomes is, in fact, a human. I like it. I'm going big deal because you're 100% right. That I learned something today. That's another thing that Patrick Mahomes and I have in common, <laughs> and that's the dad bod. And I didn't know that before today. So, yes, I'm going big deal. It made me feel a little bit better about myself. I got to be honest, though, these headlines are things like his dad, bod, his quintessential dad bod are these are things that I'm seeing in these headlines. And I don't That's know right. about that. Uh, old Pat there. I mean, it wasn't really that dad bod. Like, they're making it sound like he, a lot less than most people are dadding. They're making it sound like he, he, he looks down. He can't see his toes. It's not exactly the case. <laughs> like not so far from the case that it's ridiculous uh, the dude doesn't look that bad at all <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think it's I, I don't like what are we doing because he doesn't have a 12 pack all of a sudden he's got a quintessential dad bod is that that's what right. we're doing I, I wish I had that dad bod to be quite honest with you um <laughs> all right so in uh his annual state of the Steelers address with reporters on Tuesday uh Steelers owner Art Rui the second didn't mince words telling reporters that the team needs better play at quarterback quote. I think the biggest thing we need is quality play at the quarterback position. Mesa Rudolph came in and showed, I think what we're capable of when we do get quality play at the quarterback position. Rooney's comments were in reference to starter Kenny Pickett, the number 20 overall pick in the 2022 draft. Pickett had six touchdowns, four interceptions in 12 games. Not great. Also when asked about uh, the urgency to win in Pittsburgh, he said this, yeah, I, I think there's an urgency. I think everybody, from myself to Mike to guys that have been on the team for a while, you know, TJ, Cam, you know, everybody, uh, we've had enough of this. You know, it's, it's time to, to get some wind. It's time to take these next steps. And so, yeah, we're, we're I, I think there's some urgency here for sure. The uh, Rooney's notoriously quiet. You don't hear from them very often. This is pretty much the only time they speak to reporters. Kind of pulling a little bit of a, sounding more like Jerry Jones than the owner of the Steelers. You know, a little bit. Uh, big deal, not because a big deal. Because the owner spoke? Because yeah. the owner spoke? Yeah. Is that what big we're doing? Deal. All of a sudden, any owner yeah. that speaks, it's like he sounds like Jerry Jones. I, I, I'm just saying people. sounds more like. <laughs> so stupid. But he's anyway, meddling, and big, deal, he big deal, not a big deal that he's kind of putting, you know, Mike Tomlin, the quarterback, on notice. I'm going not a big deal. I don't exactly see it that way. I I think he's just being honest. I didn't think those were exactly inflammatory comments. And if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I would go out there and get Russell Wilson. You know, Denver clearly doesn't want him. Russell Wilson is still a competent quarterback. He was much better this season than people give him credit for. I think a guy like Russell Wilson would be perfect in Pittsburgh. Now, does Russell Wilson, you know, he's got, who's he married to? Sierra? That's right. Correct. Isn't that his my wife? You know, does she want to live in Pittsburgh? No offense, Pittsburgh, all right. But that would be something to consider. If they don't have a problem living in Pittsburgh, I think he's a good fit. 
I mean, I would live in Denver in two seconds, but it's not exactly Hollywood, right? So I don't know. Does Sierra care at this point uh, from that perspective? I would imagine that they just want to live where he's going to win football games. And you're absolutely right. He had a more decent season than anybody will give him credit for because nobody wants to talk about it because that would mean that everybody was very wrong about Russell Wilson, (laughs) except for me, uh, around here. But... He also is owed a whole lot of money. So I don't know if Pittsburgh wants to take that on. What I do think is a big deal about this is that Kenny Pickett is clearly not the answer there in Pittsburgh, and they're making it clear. So from that perspective, it's a big deal because they haven't found the answer at quarterback. Is Arthur Smith going to be the answer at OC? I'm not even sure we've discussed that hire, frankly, from the Atlanta Falcons, former Atlanta Falcons head coach. They hire him to try to make changes there. They will be making changes at that quarterback position. Even Mason, he had a good – he stepped in, obviously, had some good moments. He's not the answer there either. They're searching for an answer at quarterback. I don't believe that Mike Tomlin's on the hot seat at all, so I don't believe any of that is aimed at him. I hate to say I told you so about Kenny Pickett, but – I kind of told you guys. You so. did. Actually, you do get credit for that. Yep. You did. That was, you can take your victory lap here. Yep. You were always, for whatever reason, down on Kenny Pickett. I mean, even during that second half of the season, that was a good season. There is a reason because he's not that good. All right. Uh, so you also just weirdly hate all things Pittsburgh, even though you're from there. I don't, I, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm realistic about the Steelers because I'm not a Steeler homer. Uh, so just a chief yes, homer. Instead, you you jumped on the bandwagon of Kansas City. No, of, that's you know, not true. I that's been to four Super Bowls suffered, in five years. I suffered through a lot Pittsburgh. of pain and agony on my way to this. Era you were there for Christian the Okoye and Barry Ward. You were there. Uh, Joe Montana <laughs> and Damon Heward and Tyler Thigpen. You can't say oh you God. suffer, and the first name out of your mouth is Joe Montana. Joe Montana. <laughs> I didn't do anything there. The it's still that? Joe Montana. Yeah, listen, that's I was a Joe Montana fan. I would like to do. Right. I, I was I was starting there, and then I suffered through the rest of it. <laughs> Sorry, except for Trent Green and Alex Smith. All right, uh, we've really gone down a rabbit hole now. Yeah, I know what 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 happened. This is Nick's <laughs> fault. All right, um, so he returned from a thirty-eight game absence. Ben Simmons mm-hmm. uh, recorded ten points, eight rebounds, eleven assists, and eighteen minutes off the bench in Monday night's That's win over the Utah Jazz. And tonight he missed a game with a knee contusion. Uh, big deal, not a big deal, Amber, that uh, Ben Simmons is injured again, I guess. It's like the most Ben Simmons thing of all Ben Simmons things. Does this have anything to do with the fact that they were taking on KD and that Suns team? Or is this just that Ben Simmons can't stay injury-free for more than a game once every couple years. What's funny is that he almost had a triple-double in that thing. And boy, was he cocky. Like, he was full-on on Monday night. Cocky, number one pick, best player in Australia, Ben Simmons. Back to himself, even though we haven't seen him play basketball in what feels like years. And then he goes out there, all peacocking, almost has a triple-double, and who knows when we're going to see him again. Sasa. This is not a big deal because at this point in his career, you, you can't expect this guy to play. Why would you expect this guy to play? So this is not a big deal. He got out there. He came off the bench. He played a little bit, and now it's back to work. And what I mean by back to work, it's you got to put on the brightest clothes possible, and you got to wear big sunglasses, and you sit right at the front of the bench for everybody to see you not play. That's back to work. He was, he was a perfect five for five from the field. He landed awkwardly on the final play of the night. But he said after the game that he was fine, that there were no problems. And then he sits out this one. Maybe he stubbed his toe on the way to the locker room right after 
You talk to reporters. Okay. After uh, the Minnesota's 107-101 win over Oklahoma City on Monday, Anthony Edwards had this to say about the officials. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm going to take the fine because the refs did not give us no calls tonight. We had to play through every bump, every grab. I don't know. I don't know how we won tonight. Uh, Big shout out to my team. Big shout out to my coaches for sure. And today he was fined $40,000 by the NBA after criticizing the officials. Uh, Amber, big deal, not a big deal. Anthony Edwards getting fined $40,000 for uh, $40,000 is a very big deal to Amber Wilson. Less of a big deal to Anthony Edwards. So I will go not a big deal overall because also he was a real one. He said he was going to take the fine. He knew exactly what he was stepping into. And I like when players and coaches, I really like when coaches do it, when they're willing to take the fine and they're willing to speak their minds. I'm here for it. I'm always here for the content. So not a big deal, though. That bank account, 40 Gs, ain't a big deal. Yeah, it's clearly not a big deal because he expected it and he took it and he was okay with it. He made a conscious decision and he said, it is worth me spending X amount of dollars in order to say what I want right now about the officiating. He made a conscious decision, so that's okay. It's not a big deal. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, with Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Joel Embiid, he is injured on his way to trying to win another MVP. Is it costing him actually playing basketball? Draymond Green thinks that it's just preposterous for us to expect these guys to play 65 of 82. We'll get into that next. ESPN Radio is available to you on the ESPN app. Somehow I'm still spending the breaks, getting swindled into arguing with James Steele over Travis Kelsey throwing Justin Tucker stuff. Before he the moved AFC it out of the way. He didn't we are throw not. It. That's actually not true. And Patrick Mahomes kicked the teeth. We are not going down this path again. Okay. He, Travis Kelsey could have killed Justin Tucker out there and you'd be defending no, Travis Kelsey. I'm being very reasonable about this. You are the fan. one. Everyone around me is unreasonable, and I don't understand why. Oh, yes. maybe that should yes. tell you something. <laughs> yeah, that everyone is unreasonable. Uh, I'm the, right. I'm the coolest head in the room. Absolutely. The coolest head. Jonathan Zaslow filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons, something he probably regrets right about now with all the arguing during breaks. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. What we are going to talk about, though, is what Draymond Green said on his podcast, The Volume. He was talking about how Joel Embiid got injured last night in the final minute of the 76ers game. Now, Joel Embiid was in danger of not being eligible for an MVP again this season. And right now is probably the front runner for MVP. If he misses more than five games, it's a wrap and he can't win that award because you have to play 65 games in a season. And so he was questionable before the 76ers game last night. He got out there, Zaslow. He played the game. He ends up getting injured in the last minute of the game. The injury does appear to come to his left knee, which was the soreness in that knee that had been keeping him out, allegedly, uh, during the load management. However you want to call it in air quotes, soreness, air quotes, sitting out, air quotes, never wants to play Jokic in Denver, air quotes. But it was that knee that we have seen a brace on or a sleeve on as he's walked to the locker room, including in the first half of that game. He gets injured. Here's Draymond on the volume. 
Joel playing tonight felt very much so because of the 65 game limit. Where I think is actually quite bull****. Guys didn't face those rules before, but those same NBA, all NBA teams, those same MVP awards lists, uh, defensive player of the year, those lists are the same. I once lost a defensive player of the year award to Kawhi Leonard, and I think he played 51 games. In turn, you get Joel, who comes out there tonight, and he forces it. And freak play with him and uh, J.K. diving for the ball, but maybe it's not as bad if the knee isn't already banged up. I don't really bang with it. And now we got one of our premier faces in this league, the MVP of our league, possibly hurt for an extended period of time because he's forcing it. There's so many things I hate about that, but go ahead, Zaz, you start. I mean, it, it might just be me, but if it's not about himself or about the Golden State Warriors, I, re- I really don't need to hear anything from Draymond Green at this point. But, I mean, there, there's there's a lot of things going on there. You, you did not lose the MVP award, uh, the defensive MVP award to Kawhi Leonard playing 51 games that year. Kawhi played 64 games and 72 games the two years that Kawhi Leonard won back-to-back MVP. So that was not the case at all. But the thing that bothers me the most is it's an incredibly tone-deaf reaction to this big story in the NBA now because we're approaching that 65-game threshold where Draymond Green, you would think that Draymond Green is reacting to a rule change that just fell out of the sky. Out of nowhere, as if the NBA, it's as if the NBA officials, there was a dartboard, and they threw a dart at the board, and it hit the slot that says "65 game requirement to win seasonal awards," and that's what they decided to implement this season. The reason players in the past never had to meet a certain game threshold to win or qualify for postseason awards is because those guys played. They didn't take games off. We didn't have an all-star game every year where the big story after the all-star game is what an embarrassment the game was for the league because nobody tries and nobody cares. I've said it before. That was a perfect embodiment. That clip right there from Draymond Green was a perfect embodiment of today's NBA player because they love two things more than anyone else, complaining and not playing. And Draymond Green covered both of them there. A couple things. I don't agree with you that no one wants to hear from Draymond beyond things about the me? Golden State Warriors or you, uh, whatever. I would love to hear from Draymond all, great, all the time because he's, I rarely agree with him, but he's excellent for content. And we all know what he's going to do after his basketball career. He's probably going to have a hell of a career in doing what you and I do and give us a lot of competition in this space. Uh, I would like to think we're competition. We're probably not competition <laughs> for Draymond Green. He's probably going to do just fine in this thing. Uh, but... That being said, I could not agree less with him about this whole situation. Now, Draymond was saying that guys used to be able to win this MVP award with playing a lot less than 65 games. Carl Malone won the MVP in 1998. Oh, with I played 82 games every year. No, 49 games. So he didn't. He didn't actually. So Draymond has a point saying that you're sometimes looking at awards where players might have at some point qualified for the award when there was no set qualification standard. But here's the thing. There's all sorts of rules that have changed since, you know, 1998, for example, right? Rules change all the time across these sports. The entire game has changed in the NBA over the decades. The game changes so dramatically. These rules change all the time. So 
what was once an issue or what was rather what is an issue today that wasn't once an issue that needed to be addressed. There wasn't a rule to address it because there was no such problem. Players weren't sitting out routinely by choice to save themselves or the longevity or the career, whatever the hell it is in this sport where all the money is guaranteed. And that's the whole reason that they feel comfortable sitting on the bench and watching so many games. We're allowing them, even by these award standards, to still not play 20% of the season, 20% of the darn time. Like you still get to take 17 games off and be eligible for these awards. And that's asking too much. Mind you, you get paid for all those games because this thing's guaranteed. Guaranteed. And if these guys are so committed to not playing 65 games, which my goodness, 65 of 82, if you can't play 65 games, then why don't we just reduce the season? Like, let's just call a spade a spade. We'll make the season 60. Everybody will like it. Every game will feel like an NFL game because it will mean so much when we've had lockouts and the shortened seasons in the NBA. Zazlo, it's been hella fun from a fan perspective. So cool. Let's make it 60. And here's the deal, players. Your salary has to reflect it because revenue will go down. The salary cap, everything will go down. Everything gets adjusted. The salary cap gets adjusted and your salaries end up going down because now you're playing 60 games. But that's fine if you want to sign up for that. The reality is none of them want to. They want to get paid for 82 and only play 50. And that's why I have zero sympathy for any of these players. Zero. Yeah, yeah. I I just hate the idea overall that, that Draymond makes it sound like these players are being treated unfair because the guys in the past used to be able to do whatever they want. Like, this... This rule did not come out of nowhere, Amber. You can correct me on air, by the way. Zazlo just put in the Oh, chat. I didn't want to. It's not a correction. I, I, it's, it's your not a show. It's You're... reality. Carl Malone won the MVP by only playing 49 games. It is an important context that he played 49 of 50. Yeah. So he, yes, he did, he did only play 49 <laughs> to win the MVP, which is a hell of a lot. The lockout short season. Yeah, he played in 98 percent of the games that year. <laughs> so that's the point, right? Like that's the point. Let's. That's why I was shocked when you on. said that he only played 40. I was like, what? That's crazy. Because I was just looking at the least amount of games anyone's ever played yeah. and won the MVP. Well, the answer is 49. It's Carl Malone. Now he still that's played nine. That is true. He's still 49 out of 50 is a really good percentage of games that he played. So, Draymond, if you want to make it 50 games in a season so you guys only have to play 49 of them, then let's do it, buddy. The problem is it's going to hit you in the pocket, and none of you are going to agree to do that. None of you. I get get nice points, right, for not wanting to correct on the air. I get nice points for that. I, I, you'd get no points for that. You, I would have oh. not minded it at all, although okay. that was a nice move by you. 